You are tuned in to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show with your hosts Rick Staratella and Joe Everett, featuring NFLPA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernath. Man, we are rip-roaring, ready to go here on another edition of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show. I am your host, RIC, and the place to be, Rick Saratella, telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL draft since 2002. It's what we do. And of course, we're counting you down to the 2020 NFLPA Collegiate Bowl at the historic Rose Bowl, January 18th. What? You didn't book your tickets yet? You must be nuts out of your mind. And boy, oh boy, it's been a whole lot of moving and shaking since the last time we hit the airwaves right here. Appreciate you strapping up. Buckle up. It's a double chin strap kind of show today. All of you who listen on the iTunes universe and Block Talk Radio, hey, we appreciate all the love and support all you first time listeners. Please uh, subscribe and share it, like it. Talk about it. Be about it. That's what we're going to do here today. We've been breaking it down each and every week, uh, talking about the prospects, talking about the players, raising our eyebrows, uh, breaking our necks. But today... We're going to talk about the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. We're going to talk about the process. We're going to talk about invitations, the head coaches, the men behind the scenes. It's what we do. Hey, a lot of people want to say the draft starts in mobile. I got news for you. You make your money in Pasadena. That's what the NFL GMs are going to be on hand to do because we got players, players for days, players that slip through the cracks, players that are hidden under rocks and to talk about it, be about it, and discuss it all is my co-host, Von Hutchins. He, of course, brings seven years of experience in that Oakland Raiders front office, uh, six years as a player. He's seen it from every angle. He joins me right here on the hotline. Von, how's it going today, man? I'm good, Rick. I'm good, man. What's going on? I see you hype hey. today, man. You killed it. You killed it. I'm uh, <laughs> down here in Atlanta. <laughs> down here in Atlanta, man. It's uh, unseasonably warm, rainy. Uh, your typical October day, man. It's Halloween. Like you say, yeah, man, let's get this thing cracking. That football weather, you know? Maybe maybe that's why yeah. I got so much energy because, you know, they ruined my Jersey Shore summertime weather. The calendar flips to November. All of a sudden, it's raining out. But we've got 40-degree weather here in the Northeast. We got rain down in the Southeast. And we got Dane Vandernat on the hotline as well with us joining us, the director of college scouting. Of course, 10 years of personnel and scouting experience with the Oakland Raiders. He joins us right now. We've got a few more minutes than normal. Uh, Dane, welcome into the show. Excited about having you here for a uh, discussion about head coaches, invites, and all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly, man. Excited to be here. and I'm also hyped over here, Rick. I'm ready to go, man, with all this exciting news coming out. But Vaughn, I'll tell you what, man, it's about an unseasonably 24 degrees up here in Kansas City area. And we just got our first uh, little dust up of snow. So um, we get to go straight from summer weather to winter weather out here in the Midwest. Hey, well, no you're not fall. in California no more, Dane. <laughs> hey, man, you ain't got to tell me that, man. I'm going to real quick. And that's it. And we welcome in the winter. We welcome in the home stretch. The, the college football season is more than halfway through the year. and for those of you who missed last edition, uh, we did announce the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl going to be broadcast on the NFL Network, a multi-year deal. Uh, you'll have uh, highlights, a peek behind the scenes from practices. Uh, of course, the game will be televised on NFL Network. And uh, before we dig into the uh, coaching announcements and the selection process, Dane, let's just reiterate uh, 
what the NFL Network deal means for the NFL PA Bowl. Well, obviously what it means is just great exposure for all the prospects and all 112 of them that are going to be participating in our event. Uh, you know, I think that obviously not only broadcasting the game live, but going to have live look-ins throughout the week during practice to give viewers back at home glimpses of how the practices are being run, how the head coaches are orchestrating and coordinating their tempo and, and the periods that are set up. And then also get some some recap shows during the late afternoons and early evenings, going over all the prospects who were there, talking about who's standing out on a daily basis, and just odds and ends of what's happening throughout the day out west in beautiful Pasadena and the greater Los Angeles area. So it is a five-year deal that uh, you know the NFLPA and NFL Network jointly announced. And one of the other aspects that gets me real fired up is that it's going to remain in Los Angeles for the next five years at least. So um, we, we've got a great venue. We, we've had great venues all along and very excited to, to have this NFL Network partnership and be able to keep the game down in Los Angeles where we get great weather and great exposure to the West Coast. L.A., L.A., big city of dreams. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing is you get out of the winter cold. You come play out in Pasadena, of course, Intercontinental Hotel, uh, the newest hotel in downtown L.A., but Vaughn, more importantly, with the TV network, at the end of the day, you know, listen, there's going to be scouts in Pasadena. There's going to be scouts down there in Tampa. Regional exposure, hey, there might be some scouts. There might be some GMs that have to be down in Tampa for scouting. But the good news here, Vaughn, is, Hey, now you can tune into NFL Network, get caught up on the practices, get caught up on the action, and take a peek at what's going on throughout the week on the NFL Network. Absolutely, absolutely. Just for the average fan, just to have football on over a consistent basis, uh, that two-week span or that week span, just looking at practice from an in-depth look, uh, from a scout's view, uh, from the view of the national media that's going to be on stage. Uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be exciting for the fans. It's going to be exciting for the players, man. We can't can't wait. And then, of course, you can follow at NFL PA Bowl throughout the week. We'll uh, be providing scouting insight and analysis just like we have done all season long up there on the uh, CollegianNFLPA.com website. We've been doing our campus reports, uh, letting you know who's impressing, who's shining, and who's gaining our attention, uh, Dane. And, you know, one thing that I think gained the attention of the entire draft community from uh, the personnel around the league, from uh, the scouts that will be attending to the agents who will be sending players their way, uh, our way. Uh, we announced the head coaches this week. We're, we're uh, recording here on Halloween trick or treat. Happy Halloween. But uh, the, the exciting news here, the trick, or actually I should say the treat Dane for us was announcing the head coaches yesterday and uh, why don't we do that on the air here for those who didn't see the announcement? Yeah, absolutely. And it is a treat. It's a real treat because we got two guys that have a combined 20 years of NFL head coaching experience. And I can tell you already that they're filling out excellent coaching staffs of former NFL players, of former NFL position coaches and coordinators who are going to be able to impart a lot of wisdom. But I know that, uh, you know, we've all been kind of biting our tongue these last few weeks. But we finally announced yesterday that uh, the old Cincinnati Bengals head coach, Marvin Lewis, and uh, former Raiders and Cleveland Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson, will be the two head coaches for our teams this year. And very excited about 
what they're going to be able to bring to the players and, 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 uh, and, you know, really give them this education as the prospects begin this transitional period from college football to being a professional football player. Yeah. And, you know, what's huge about this is, you know, I, I went to go brush up on my history and we all know Marvin and Hugh have been around the NFL game for a long time. What's more remarkable is you go back and look at their, their roots. I mean, Marvin Lewis started uh, way back. I mean, he's got like 40 years of coaching experience. If you go back to his uh, coaching days at the college level, uh, Hugh Jackson, he's been a a coach since 1987. I mean, so Hugh's got like 30-something years of experience. Marvin Lewis has got like 40-something years of experience combined. They've been coaching this game of football uh, for longer than some of us have been alive. So, Vaughn, not only are they going to get to learn from these two men, but it's pretty safe to say they've got a few contacts in the NFL. Oh, without question. And the, and the thing about with the new, younger generation is they, they like things that are right now, recent. These guys just got out of the league. These, these guys want to staff together uh, a year ago. You know, so it isn't a matter of trying to think about, oh, who – who are the greats? Who are the Hall of Famers? Who is this guy? This, no, I, I, I know this guy. This guy coached A.J. Green and Andy Dalton yeah, last year. Uh, you know, so uh, this guy was with Baker Mayfield, you know, a year ago. You know, so, I mean, it's just it, – it's a great look for the for the uh, NFLPA Bowl. Uh, these are two great coaches. Uh, Marvin's a defensive-minded coach. Hughes an offensive-minded coach. Uh, these guys get an opportunity to get things from a pro perspective. Uh, from the scheduling, from the the playbooks, uh, from the meetings, the meeting times, everything is going to be from a pro perspective and going to just ascend you and take you right into the draft process. And, Dane, I believe uh, you actually did cross paths with Hugh during your time with the Raiders. I mean, give us a little story. Give us a little uh, glimpse of what it's like to work with Hugh Jackson. <laughs> yeah, well, the first thing I can think about when working with Hugh Jackson is just the fiery competitor that he is. And one of the great things that I had was an opportunity first in 2010 when he was our offensive coordinator, and then in 2011 when he was the head coach. But one of my favorite things that I always got to witness on a daily basis was going out to practice in 2010. And at that time, we had Tyvon Branch, who was uh, uh, outstanding free safety for us, played some strong safety also. But we had Tyvon Branch and Michael Huff, and they would jaw back and forth with you. And it was it was about bringing it every day. It was about bringing that juice. It was about, hey, you know what? We're going to run the ball, and then we're going to throw the ball over your head, just like Mr. Davis and the Oakland Raiders like to play. So the one thing that I know that uh, our prospects and our participants are going to get from this week, in addition to obviously the, the pro background that we're talking about, they're going to get a couple head coaches that, that want to win, that are going to impart the competitive nature that, Many of these guys are already going to have, but just to have it furthered, and they're really going to get these guys primed to look good in front of NFL talent evaluators, scouts, GMs, and coaches. And to your earlier point, Rick, obviously both these guys have great contacts throughout the NFL, and that's going to be one of the first messages these players hear when they come out there and say, look, everything you do from the moment you wake up out of bed to the moment you're going to bed at night, is going to be calculated, it's going to be measured, it's going to be under uh, someone's perspective 
of people who are going to be talking with NFL decision makers. So uh, our you know warning to, to, to all the players out there is everything you do from here until the draft is going to be observed, it's going to be recorded, and it's going to be factoring in. So anxious to get uh, all this started and ramped up, but um, you know couldn't be more fired up. And, you know, uh, fans got a chance to kind of uh, get to know, not really get to know Hugh Jackson, but get uh, a little taste of Hugh Jackson at the Hard Knocks. Obviously, it's manipulated and edited for TV purposes, but, you know, definitely a personality, a character. And, you know, you start lining that up with some of the other guys that have historically been uh, involved with this game, Vaughn. I know we're going to announce the rest of the coaching staff shortly but you, you know you take a guy like Daryl Green and I always enjoy watching him coach up the DBs because now listen uh, Daryl Green can still embarrass you because you know he'll get down in his stance and run through those cone drills faster than some of these players which is not a good sign but hey shout out to Daryl Green because 50 years old I think he can still hit that 44 you know 4.4 40 yard dash there um, but I think it's going to be you know making people are going to tune in Saturday for the game but I think I get excited just, you know, seeing how they interact with the coaching staff, seeing how they mesh. And like Dane said, I mean, you're being graded on everything you do. I always like the guys who jump up to the front of the line, the guys who uh, want to be the example, take take the players through the drills first, uh, coaching up some of the other players, you know, that are uncertain about how to do the drills. Those are some of the kind of things that I look forward to throughout the week when I get a chance to watch the practices. And the NFL PA Bowl practices were televised at one time originally, I believe on ESPN too, Vaughn, I don't know if you had a chance, you were probably knee deep in scouting at the time, but you know, when you get to peel back the curtains behind the scenes, some of the personalities quickly here that we're bringing in is what excites me as well. Oh, every aspect, every aspect of it is huge. Uh, the partnership with NFL network just gives you an opportunity to have exposure from a national perspective, you know, uh, players from smaller schools, smaller divisions, uh, not necessarily from the West Coast, just having a chance to show the world, again, what type of athlete they are, what type of uh, competitor they are, and what type of personality they have. You know, uh, national media is going to be on the field during, before, after practices. You won't just speak with your local beat writer uh, that you've spoken with for four, for four years. Uh, you get an opportunity to touch individuals from different types of corporations and maybe there's a second op- second career opportunity that comes about from it. Maybe there's a sponsorship that happens. Maybe there's some type of endorsement opportunity that comes about. Uh, so, I mean, this is a great opportunity for, for these guys to show what type of person they that they are. And, and while they're showing that type of person, uh, show the scouts who they are as an athlete and as a football player. And, you know, I'll be on location conducting some of those interviews, grilling these prospects, but getting to know them as well. Rick Saratella here with Dane Vandernat and Vaughn Hutchins. Of course, shout out to the entire scouting staff, David McLuhan, Riley McKenzie, Ron Hill. And that's really the big reason here why I'm all fired up is because we did do our first wave of NFLPA invitations. Uh, it was a long, tedious call but a, a, a really uh, proud call to be part of. And, you know, it gets me waking up in the morning just feeling good about being part of the staff that we've assembled here, being part of the process that we're going through. And I think you're going to see the, uh, the end result in, in the roster that we assemble. So with that being said, 
Uh, Dane, you've led us through the way here and, and kind of assembled this staff and, you know, conducted a great call, but more exciting, the invitations have gone out. And if you can just kind of, you know, uh, take the listening audience through the process a little bit of what it's going to be like from this point forward. Uh, you know, I've communicated with a lot of agents, as I know you guys have as well, but there's 800 uh, certified NFLPA agents, so we can't speak to them all individually. And uh, that's part of the reason why we do this podcast here. So, uh, you know, first off, on the air, uh, let me just say again, you know, big, big uh, props to, um, you know, the staff, the process, and what we've done. But, hey, the real work begins now, as we said. Uh, so just take us through this process, where we're at, where we're headed, and what folks can expect. Sure. Well, obviously, we're just beginning with this. Uh, invitation type process and we do have you know clearly a two and a half month road ahead of us here as uh, you know we're gearing up towards game week and getting all the participants out and and getting them in all these great activities that we have in store but uh, you know to answer your question Rick you know we did I thought that the process and and as we've gone through the thing that really stood out to me was just the great experience that we had on that conference call and the great experience and expertise that we had going through this thing, because it isn't just a a, 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 a one time and done type of deal where we send out an invitation and then we have to scramble if something, you know, if we face some adversity or, you know, a player gets injured or, you know, decommits for whatever reason. So, um, you know, I think that what makes me most proud is the hard work that the whole staff put in the long, long list of players that we have, and we have some outstanding ones. And I just know and feel great that um, no matter how, how this next two and a half months go, we're going to have two incredibly talented squads of NFL caliber players who are going to be participating in our game. But uh, on to the, the process from here on out is, as we all know, and as we all collaborate throughout the weeks, we're going to continue to get our eyes on players. I'm going to be at schools next week, still grinding tape, still seeing practices still going to games. We're far from done and we're going to continue to roll out our invitations over the coming weeks and months, um, you know, on a need by need. And as we continue to identify players that we really want to target and go after. So the first wave is, is out this week and then we've got uh, many more waves coming and couldn't be more excited. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, if you're a player out there and you're wondering, hey, am I getting an NFL PA Bowl invite, you know, check with your head coach. Uh, we did send them out this week. Some will be uh, arriving by the end of the week. Some will be arriving early next week. And, you know, Vaughn, for those players not invited in the first wave, uh, it doesn't mean they can't be invited because, as Dane said, it's an ongoing process. Uh, and, and the question I get asked most by players and agents is, hey, what do I need to do? What do I need to do if I'm not invited to the NFLPA? What can players do, Vaughn? I mean, we end up scouring the country and, and hitting the vast majority of these schools. But obviously, man, some players slip through the cracks. Some schools slip through the cracks. Uh, if players have film or legitimately feel like that they're prospects, they can reach out to us. Look at our Twitter accounts, uh, underscore V Hutchins. Uh, check us out, send us DMs. But at the end of the day, you ball, you get the call. You know, so 
just put your best foot forward and continue the ball on the field. Everything else will take care of itself. You know, that's a great point. And, and you know, just keep balling. But I think Vaughn made a very good point there, Dane, is that, hey, I get uh, players and agents hitting me up and coaches every day like, hey, what do you think about this guy? Have you checked out this guy? And, hey, we're discovering new players every day. I think the biggest pitfall at this stage of the season is that a lot of players will come across my desk or my inbox. I'll follow up and say, hey, haven't, ha haven't had a chance to see him. Would love to learn more. Can you send me some game links? Can you send me some film links? And Dane, to me, you know, hey, you better make friends with your video videographer, your school uh, coordinator, because you know what? At the end of the season, every player wants a video chop up done. But I think, you know, that's one thing that players I feel can do now is get your video edited. Whole games are better than highlights. Uh, Dane, do you care to elaborate on that at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, for one, our process has always been, hey, let's go watch an entire game. I want to see a player play in, play out. I don't just want to see the highlights. I don't want to see the kill plays. I want to see how a player is going to play consistently at the beginning of the year, at the middle part of the year, at the end of the year, in games where you're winning, and games where you're losing, in games when you have good weather, and games when you have bad weather, especially in games when you're playing against uh, elite competition that we figure is also going to be, um, you know, per, you know, have the opportunity to play on Sundays. And then I also want to see you go and dominate the guys that potentially may not be playing on Sundays. So I, you know, there's always a wide gamut. Every game is important. Every play is important. What's important to uh, players to understand is, you know, again, like I was saying earlier about how everything you do is under a microscope. Well, you know what? Every play you're in is under a microscope. And, you know, I'm not saying that you need to go get a pick six every play, but you know what? Go out there, play your technique, do your assignment, give great effort, show that toughness and all those intangibles that are really going to help separate you and give you an opportunity to make a 53 or make a practice squad as a young player. Give yourself a best chance. And then, Vaughn, I know whenever we were sitting in those draft meetings, man, we got two guys that are wearing similar numbers. Man, do something a little bit different with your uniform, man. Go, go wear that colored sock all the way up your knee or have that extra towel. Do something, man, so that us in the scouting community can differentiate you on the field from some of your other uh, teammates there. Yeah, there's always, there's always a couple jerseys in college football that are going to be a little tough to read. You know, silver jerseys or, yeah, or silver uh, metallic numbers on silver jerseys or black that that stuff does not pop out like you know so yeah obviously man just differentiate yourself get out there and perform like you're capable of performing do the right assignment uh be locked into your keys uh athletically do everything that you could possibly do and then man, just make plays on tape yeah and you know that's a great point too i mean hey little tricks of the trade here uh from our two residential scouts dane vandernat von hutchins hey last year was a rainfall-filled event. I was there, uh, you know, I saw a lot of scouts ducking for cover under the, under the rain. And, you know, even with the binoculars at point, at times it was, uh, it was raining so hard, it was hard to see. So, hey, you know, maybe we need to uh, produce some NFL draft Bible gear and some, some arm, those arm uh, gears and whatever the case may be. But, hey, throw on that orange uh, wristband, headband, whatever the case may be. Make people pay attention and i'll tell you what i'll be doing this week i'll be paying attention getting some eyes 
on some FCS prospects. I'm going out to uh, Wagner University and, and the Northeast Conference up here. We talked about 30-degree weather, and uh, there's a prospect there, Cam Gill, an edge rusher. I got to go get some eyeballs on him because, you know, it's been a couple years since I've seen him. want to make sure, hey, he's going to be competing against another top NEC prospect in Javon Brown from Central Connecticut. So I'll be up there this weekend. And like I said, we're still scouring the country. We're still looking for talent. So just because you don't get an invitation on the first wave doesn't mean the process is over. It's an ongoing process. Uh, you know, there's some big time matchups this weekend, uh, LSU, Alabama. I know that's in your neck of the woods, Vaughn. It seems like we talk about this on every episode. It's an SEC, uh, elimination game. Uh, and I'm not sure that, you know, teams, you know, whether LSU or Alabama lose, I'm not sure they get eliminated from the college football playoff. If it's a close game, uh, that's obvious. One game we'll be watching. What else will you be keeping an eye on this weekend? I'll be headed to Auburn this weekend and check out Ole Miss versus Auburn. Uh, Auburn's got quite a few players. Obviously, we talk a lot about Derrick Brown being a potential top 10, top 15 pick with the way he's been excelling. But they, they have a, a number of prospects on the defensive and offensive side of the ball that uh, I want to check out. Two safeties, a corner, uh, the two tackles. Uh, and there's a lot of talent on that top 10 team. Uh, and then Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, the home school, uh, Scotty Phillips, the running back, another undersized guy that plays with power, has some short area quickness, uh, able to break tackles. want to see him perform versus Auburn D-line. Uh, Benito Jones, an interior D-lineman, want to see what he does. Uh, Miles Hartfield, uh, the corner, want to see how he works. So it's quite a, it's quite a bit of guys uh, that are draftable talents on both sides of the ball. Hey, hey, Bob, are you going to be in the press box or are you going to be in the stands wearing a hottie toddy shirt? Uh, I may do both. <laughs> <laughs> First half, I'll be in the in the press box. Second half, I may uh, hit the uh, Auburn student section with the opposing gear and see how uh, quickly they run me out of there. <laughs> when you're watching home on, on TV and you see Vaughn in the marching band at halftime, <laughs> uh, keep a lookout. <laughs> Dane, what's on your radar? Uh, where are you headed? What are you keeping an eye on? What's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I'm actually going to head out, and I'm going to go do some Central Methodist versus Baker University on Saturday. I've got some scouting buddies that keep telling me about this corner from Central Methodist, a young man by the name of Malcolm, Malcolm Elmore, excuse me, who's uh, been generating some buzz out here. And uh, anxious to go get my eyes on him just to, you know, accentuate your point, Rick, about how uh, we're not going to leave any stone unturned. So um, looking forward to seeing him. And then I'm off to uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State early next week. Looking forward to that. And also got some Mac action. But, fellas, how about a good App State plan tonight? We got to gear up for uh, for week 10 here and uh, got an exciting matchup. I know uh, you guys impressed upon me the uh, App State Georgia Southern prospects. So I'm looking forward to getting my eyes on them tonight. Well, there's a lot of good football players going to be on the field tonight for uh, both App State and Georgia Southern. But the two corners that Georgia Southern has in Vildor and Brunson, you got two of the better corners in the Sun Belt from a, from a year ago. In fact, Vildor was defensive player of the year last year as a junior. 
You also got the safety at, at Georgia Southern, who was a transfer, uh, come in. He came, he's playing and balling the first year. So uh, a couple guys to look at in addition to a kicker. Uh, but down at App State, man, we talked about these guys over the last couple of weeks. Jordan Fair, middle linebacker, and Akeem Davis, uh, outside backer who's going to project to be a wheel. Uh, so uh, Thursday night football, national television. Uh, these guys are going to be excited. Uh, App State's a nationally ranked team. Uh, I think they're top 20 in the country. So it, it's going to be a good football game. Yeah, a lot of love in the scouting community for the Vildor, uh, Georgia Southern corner. And then uh, you mentioned SMU, Dane. I think I think they're still undefeated. So they're uh, moving and grooving here. Uh, who knows where they wind up. But um, the Pony Express is back at it again. Uh, this is the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show, our 12th episode of the season. Uh, if you're new to the show, hey, subscribe it. You'll get notified of every time we have a new episode. And we're counting you down to that 2020 NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, January 18th, out in Pasadena. Uh, book it now. You know, L.A., Pasadena, January, prospects. Sounds good to me. Um, of course, I'm joined here with Dane Vandernat our college recruiting director, uh, along with Von Hutchins, one of our scouts here at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. We're here breaking it down for the people. And, uh, you know, we're going to give a parting shot with a tribute to a great man who we recently lost, and that is uh, Hall of Fame Willie Brown. I think, you know, watching the outpour of uh, support and love, uh, really not just, you know, the, the great game of football provides us a platform to impact lives. And then when what you do with it from there, it's just amazing to see all the people that gave a shout out to Willie Brown uh, and his passing. And none of it really had to do with anything football related. It was what a great person he was and how he impacted uh, so many people. And, you know, since I'm joined by two people that had a chance to work with the man, be around that man, I figured, hey, we'd uh, give a little tribute uh, to the great late, Willie Brown, and that'll be uh, how we get out, out of here this week. And, Vaughn, I'll kick it over to you to begin. Uh, if you can just, you know, share a story with us about Willie Brown. Uh, Willie B was a great man. I mean, we talk about the player, and I really had an opportunity to kind of sit down and, and talk with him, become friends over, over the seven years I spent out in, out in Oakland, and just learn about how he came up, uh, you know, small town in Mississippi, you know, goes to Grambling playing tight end, defensive end, uh, you know, uh, ends up in the league, uh, isn't very productive his first, first couple years, uh, gets traded, ends up in Oakland. And I, you know, asked him, you know, how did you actually come up with the bump and run technique? Like, what was it? And obviously he was fast and physically gifted. Uh, but, he, you know, he just said, like, it became easy for me just to choke these guys out. You know, I didn't want to backpedal and have to flip my hips and do this stuff. So I just wanted to choke them out of the line of scrimmage. I felt like if I could disrupt them and get them out of their game early, that the quarterback would just throw me the ball. And that's what happened a lot of times. But well, a couple other quick stories. And this is just about the guy, man. I, I ruptured my Achilles uh, during my time out in Oakland. And, you know, just trying to figure out, like, man, how do I get to work on an everyday basis? I'm I'm 30 minutes away from anybody that I worked with. Uh, the wife would have to wake up early in the morning. We had 
uh, a newborn at the time, Preston, you know, she wasn't going to make it. Uh, so I was like, man, who, who's going to bring me in? So I hit up Willie B and I'm like, hey, Willie B, do you mind uh, picking me up for work every morning? Keeping in mind, man, we got to work typically around, you know, 6.37 or so. Uh, Willie B lived an hour, hour 15 minutes or so with traffic from the facility. So he was, you know, 45 minutes from me. So Willie B would wake up at four o'clock in the morning, drive, get me, pick me up at, at around uh, 5.15 or so, so we could be in at work at 6, 6.30. You know, that's the type of man that he is. You know what I mean? I'm trying to give him directions to where to where to, to where my place is, which is right off the highway. And it's like the simplest instructions. But, you know, he, you, you realize you're talking to an older gentleman. He's not uh, easy with the GPS system on the phone or on the car, you know, so I'm trying to tell him exactly where to go. It's four o'clock in the morning, you know, but I appreciated everything that Willie B did for me. He did this for at least a month. So uh, just a quick story about, about Willie B because man, everybody around the facility loved him. Uh, great man. Uh, he'll be missed dearly around that organization. Yeah. And Hey, I can only imagine, you know, getting to be in a car, with him every day on a daily basis, I'm sure um, you definitely got an education uh, on the game of football and the game of life. And Dane, I'll go over to you. And, and for those of you who don't know about Willie Brown, Willie Brown, the player, Hall of Famer, 54 career interceptions, another uh, seven interceptions in the playoffs, three of those returned for touchdowns, you know, stepping up when it mattered most. Um, but I know he's somebody that you – also had a chance to spend a lot of time with as well, Dane. And if you can, just talk, talk to us a little bit about what it was like to be around Willie Brown. <laughs> it, it was funny. It was humorous being around Willie Brown, man, because he was, uh, you know, not only an outstanding person, I mean, he was an outstanding character. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, Vaughn sit here probably laugh and shake her head at the same time, you know, because we'd be sitting in draft meetings sometimes for, you know, 12, 13, 14 hour days as we're grinding through college prospects, gearing up. And, you know, you'd always have a good one liner from Willie, or he'd sit there and say, choke him, choke him. You know, like, you know, Devon's point, that's what Willie Brown always said. Hey, you know, get up there, go get up and play press if you're a corner, get your hands on that receiver, disrupt him. Don't even let him get five yards. Don't even let him get past the illegal contact point. Get his ass on the ground, you know. Um, but Willie Brown had so many great stories. We learned so much from Willie and, you know, the ways, not only about football, but, you know, the, the football X's and O's came in the way that he told the stories of him playing in the 60s and 70s for the Raiders. But, you know, I mean, really about him being an African-American growing up in Yazoo City, Mississippi, you know, during the civil rights era and not getting opportunities to play at the big uh, SEC schools because of the color of his skin and, and having to go to a, 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 an HBCU program like Grambling where you didn't have the facilities and the resources that, you know, white players had at some of the other schools. And then obviously him parlaying, playing tight end, defensive end, like Vaughn mentioned, into becoming an all-pro cornerback and Hall of Fame cornerback. Um, you know, it was just truly remarkable. I mean, his whole story, even at his age, you know, for, for being 78 years old, he was going back home to Mississippi every single summer, not only taking care of his mom, who lived to be over 100, she recently passed a couple years ago, but also to go run a kid's camp that he did every single summer 
back in his home city. So uh, Willie Brown was a character. He's a legend in football. He was coaching DBs when I first got there, so I always called him Coach Brown. But, um, you know, just a remarkable man to be around for the, the time that we were with him and, um, you know, just feel very fortunate to have had, had those experiences. Yazoo City uh, produced a lot of great men. Uh, if you're into the motivational speaking and, and familiar with Zig Ziglar, then you've known about Yazoo City, but I did not know Willie Brown, another great man from Yazoo City. So, uh, hey, you learn something new every week here on the NFLPA Collegian Bowl. I think, you know, one of the great things that he also left us was, you know, you mentioned his mom, Dane, who lived, uh, you said, to 102. You know, it was Willie Brown who really started that. Uh, Mother's Day tradition at the NFL draft, giving his mom a shout out when announcing one of the Raiders selections. And it was from there that the NFL kind of embraced the whole uh, Mother's Mother's Day tie-in along with the NFL draft, because every year, I think the one year, uh, the following year, I believe it was when it did fall on Mother's Day and you had Teddy Bridgewater out there with his mom. And, you know, it really became a tie-in with the NFL draft, deluding our mothers and, and, and embracing the whole, you know, Mother's Day weekend along with the NFL draft. And that all started by Willie Brown uh, giving a shout out to his mom during the NFL draft uh, television uh, production. So, you know, I wanted to end the show on that note. It, it was a little bit of abbreviated show, our shortest show probably of the season, but I'd say hands down our best show of the season and uh that's because i'm joined by these two men von hutchins and dane vandernat uh for myself rick saratella we thank you for tuning in to the nfl pa uh big board show of course january 18th 2020 at the historic rose bowl in pasadena we will all be there on location we are across the nation until the next time everybody Watch this show is part of the All Access Football Network. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe.